We are back for part two of whole grains versus gluten-free with Sue Becker. People absolutely say they, they can digest those better than the modern wheat. And they kind of look at the modern wheat as a, a terrible thing. It, it's not. I just spent two weeks. Next week's podcast is going to be all about debunking the myths of modern wheat. But, um, you know, I'm not going to deny if some people say I can digest this better than that, then then that's truth. Um, but there, you know, there may be other issues like starches or resistant starch or things like that going on. It's, it's not necessarily gluten, gluten. unless now, you're celiac, unless you're a true genetic celiac, then you, you got it. You know, no, you can't eat. Yeah. I just, before she goes on to her next thing, cause she has a lot of questions. This actually leads into something else. Like I know a lot of people that are gluten-free that don't have celiac, mm -hmm. they're terrified to try whole grains. They want to, I think they're like as desperate as you. Yeah. They want to try them. Yeah. But they're so afraid. What would you say to the person that um, has had all of those symptoms you described, the diarrhea, the hurting stomach, like all of that stuff that goes with it, that is so terrified of trying it, but maybe they should give it a try. I would encourage them just to do it. Pick a day when you don't, have a, a meeting, a presentation, or, you know, <laughs> something going on and, and try a small amount yeah. and listen to Sarah Valentine's testimony. Listen to, there's another one. Let's see. I wrote them down. I, um, episode 55, Daryl Bice. He absolutely said that if he ate bread from the store, he would be so sick. He was construction um, superintendent. He said, my most important thing that I would look for when I went on the job is where were the porta porta potties? Where were the bathrooms? Where could I get? He said it was debilitating. And um, he he's fascinating. He came in the store and shared, um, started sharing his story with one of my employees. And she said, so you mean the bread helped you? And he goes, no, the bread didn't help me. It fixed me. It cured me. It ended it. And it's an amazing testimony. And we have, we have stories like that all the time. Um, I think here's something else that people need to know. And I want to read this. Um, this is from a doctor that a lot of people respect. I respect him in a lot of the things, but it saddens me that they draw wrong conclusions for the information. So, so listen to this, if you don't mind. Damage to the gastrointestinal tract from the overuse of antibiotics, anti-inflammatory drugs like Advil and Aleve, a lot of people live on these, mm -hmm. acid-blocking drugs, listen, like Prilosec and Nexium, combined with our low-fiber, high-sugar diet, leads to the development of celiac disease and gluten intolerance or sensitivity and the resultant inflammation, okay? Listen to what this well-known doctor says causes these sensitivities. Heavy use of antibiotics, our immune systems, you know, um, I can't remember the last time I had to take an antibiotic. My children, no antibiotics. People live on Advil and Aleve. And what they don't know is every time you take one, there's a little bleeding in your intestinal tract, in your bowels. It's not bad if it's for a headache here or there, but people are taking them for their joint pain, their knee pain, their back pain, and they're taking, I've heard testimonies of eight a day, okay? 
acid blocking drugs, how does that relate? Okay. What a lot of people don't understand is carbohydrate digestion begins in your mouth. Digestion begins in your mouth with carbohydrate digestion. As you chew your food, your saliva has an enzyme in it called amylase, which starts breaking down the carbohydrates. So chew your food. When you swallow that down, for all practical purposes, carbohydrate digestion stops, protein digestion begins. Protein digestive enzymes must have an acid environment. Did you hear what I just said? They must have an acid environment to work. What is gluten? Protein, okay? What is one of the number one drugs next to antibiotics, laxatives, what's it? And acids, people are living on Prilosec, Nexium. So what is that doing to your stomach acid? It's alkalizing it. So what might it be doing to your protein digestion? Might be causing a problem. And protein digestion, the technical term of an allergy is it's an adverse reaction to a protein component in that food, okay? Intolerance can be something else, but an allergy. If you don't digest a protein, then it starts causing havoc when it gets into your small intestines because then it can't continue to break it down and then it gets into your large intestine, lays down villi and then causes all kinds of problems. So I love that quote. It's absolutely correct. I 100% agree. agree. Overuse of antibiotics, destroying those good gut organisms, anti-inflammatories, anti-acids, combined with low fiber, which is what? Our white flour, you know, the bread products in the store, high sugar, not only have they stripped all the fiber away, they added tons of sugar, leads to the development of celiac disease. But listen to their conclusion. That is why the elimination of gluten, what? And food allergens can be a powerful way to prevent and reverse these diseases. And then the next line, wheat is the biggest problem. I didn't hear wheat listed anywhere in what causes gluten sensitivities and celiac disease. Did you? Mm -hmm. So why is wheat the problem? Wheat doesn't cause it. Processed commercial, commercially processed wheat products aggravate the problem because the problem has been created by this, 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 and this. Does that make sense to you? Yes, definitely. So, yeah. So we see people when they can go to the real thing, it heals their guts. And this is the other thing, the proteins in wheat in particular, glutamine is one It's known for healing the lining of the gut. It's known as a uh, brain food. It's the, the most prominent amino acid in your brain is glutamine. So these are things we've got to come back to and understand. So mm -hmm. for you, I get your fear. I don't know that I, I, you know, I would be a little afraid to try it as well, but I hear stories like Sarah Valentine's that mm -hmm. was diagnosed. Mm -hmm. Now, some of these other people, they weren't diagnosed with celiac disease. 
Um, they just knew. One lady, I remember, um, I, we were at a homeschool show where we bake bread and teach people, and she was like, oh, no, I get a severe headache if I eat anything with gluten in it. Well, her daughter was standing there, kept eating our bread, and was telling her mom how delicious it was. And finally, the mom said, you know what, I'm going to taste it. If I get a headache, if I don't get a headache in 30 minutes, I'll be back and buy a grain mill. She was back in 30 minutes and bought a grain mill. And I hear this over and over. Moms tell me that their child, this is the new thing too. Oh, take them off of dairy, take them off of gluten. Mm -hmm. And she heard me speak about what gluten actually is. She went home, or she bought a grain mill unbeknownst to me. And then I saw her six months later and she said her child had come off all of his allergy medications, all of some other medications, blah, blah, blah. I mean, a whole host of things medications that he was on she goes he's thriving he's growing and you know this is what is so exciting to me mm -hmm. most people i would say in this country are not genetic celiacs less than one percent that that's a very minimum compared to what we're hearing today you know i go to tanzania and i go to haiti where we have bakeries we're feeding you know, several uh, 1,200 kids a day, bread made with freshly ground whole grain. Never once did they say he he needs to be gluten free. Never once. So, so what's going on in this country today? Yeah. They don't have access to the Prilosec, the Nexium, the Advil, the antibiotics. You you see what I'm saying? It's yeah. That's a, so that's a I encourage you. That's a very yeah. small, that's a very small percentage. And it just shows you how much, because like there's thousands and thousands of people that oh. are going gluten-free because of the fear, but there's also thousands of people figuring oh. out whole grains is working for them as well. So, right. And, and the sad thing is, is this is the first time I've ever seen con conventional doctors and more alternative doctors be on the same bandwagon. I mean, it's like, <laughs> oh, wheat is the enemy. Gluten is the enemy. And they're just regurgitating something that's out there that was misinformation and um, without really knowing and understanding the facts, they do know that that bread is making people sick and causing issues but they're not differentiating between that bread in the store and wheat. They are calling it the same thing. Yes. And I mean, I, I've spent two weeks now listening to videos on wheat breeding and <laughs> oh golly, you just, my head is spinning, <laughs> but I listened to this fella and, um, and uh, he, well, first of all, one of the wheat breeders I listened to, he said, you know what the biggest problem with wheat now today is? the proliferation of misinformation mm -hmm. <laughs> that's the biggest problem and mm -hmm. um and sure enough i stumbled on this this well-meaning homesteading video and the guy was just going on and on it's not our grandfather's wheat this modern wheat has been genetically modified which is not true that came from a popular new york times bestseller book the wheat belly it's not true. It is not genetically modified. Ask any wheat breeder and they will tell you it's not there. Worldwide, it's not there. Um, doesn't mean it won't happen and it, there has been trials, but it is not there for commercial consumption and use. And so he was just spouting all this and I knew where it came from. Then 
he started in saying modern wheat has been done this, this, this. And he, he said, modern wheat has had pro, um, potassium bromate added to it. Right then I was like, you were not talking about wheat. You were talking about commercially processed flour. And I mean, it was a classic example of not differentiating. Mm -hmm. And that is the biggest problem. Commercially processed wheat products are inflammatory. They do cause bowel issues. They do make you fat. They do cause diabetes. They do cause all these issues. The true whole grain is not inflammatory. It does not raise your blood sugar. It has a very low glycemic index. It gives you energy. It help, It heals your gut. It heals your bowels. Um, it Real wheat. The stuff mm -hmm. in the store, no. And there is a huge difference and we've got to differentiate, yes. you know, um, there's just, there's just a huge difference. Uh, one of my favorite testimonies is of a lady. Um, her daughter was a customer of ours and uh, she came in the store. She was very distressed. Her mother had bleeding bowels, had had all these issues for lots of years, had been on steroids for 10 years. Um, and just every time they tried to pull her off, which you shouldn't be on steroids that I don't think ever, but sometimes life and death is important. But um, anyway, that's another aside. Anyway, she'd been on for lots of years, tried to pull her off. She'd have just horrendous bowel issues. Um, the girl the, told me that her mom could not leave her house. She couldn't go shopping. She couldn't sleep through the night. She was getting up five times in the night with chronic diarrhea. The bleeding bowels she said the doctor told her to maybe go gluten-free try that so the girl was um, going up to visit her mom they were missionaries and they were here on furlough so they were going up to visit her mom and uh she was like i want to get her a mill and i want her to start milling grain and making bread and so we talked about going gluten-free because that's what the doctor had advised and finally she's like i don't know how to do that she goes just give me a bucket of red wheat it can't hurt if, you know, she already has bleeding bowels. Yeah. She already can't sleep through the night. So if it doesn't work, we just will take her off. The girl wrote me to tell me that within five days, her mother could sleep through the night. Her bowels had totally normalized, no more bleeding. She had her life totally back. Her father had had blood sugar issues. His blood sugar had normalized. They were now out in the yard, enjoying life, doing yard work. They could go shopping. Their life was so bad that the neighbor came over when they saw him out in the yard and said, I, I thought y'all had passed away because I never saw you come or go. And the, here's the thing. When I first started telling this story, because it's wild, I would call her an older lady, but she is, she was then younger than I am now. <laughs> um, I could not imagine not having my life at this mm -hmm. age. I mean, I'm old. I get that. But I, I could not imagine not being able to leave my home, being so debilitated by out bowel issues. And within a two week visit by her daughter, showing her how to make bread, her mother had her life back. Five days she could sleep through the night. And that's just, it just, yeah. So I encourage anyone, if you don't know that if you're a genetic celiac with mm -hmm. fear and trembling, try it and you know if you're a celiac it doesn't take but a bite or two yeah you know to to cause issues 
um yeah but i i understand i understand the the hesitation i do and like i said because of your situation there's a high chance that you could be okay but then i think of sarah valentine's story Mm -hmm. she had very similar issues Mm -hmm. um from the time she was young now do you recommend now do you recommend starting with a sourdough or does it does the yeast really matter you know, sourdough is said to digest better. Do you recommend if I'm going to try it, yeah. should I try it as a sourdough or would it really not make a difference regardless? I don't, I do not find that it makes a real difference. Okay. Um. There's, there's pros to sourdough for sure. Um. But really, honestly, from my research, the biggest thing about sourdough is flavor. It mm-hmm. does, um, the fermentation, we know longer fermentations, it does make some nutrients more um, easily assimilated. It produces um, nutrients, but I have not found people tell me that the commercially yeasted bread caused an issue for them as well. Some people do. Some people say the only way, you know, the only sourdough is easier for them to digest and I get it. I've not noticed an issue with myself, but then I don't have compromised digestion. Right. So I don't know. Right. Um, you know, this girl did not start with sourdough. The The testimonies I have heard have more been, they just ate the bread, you know, mm-hmm. the traditional yeasted bread. Um, yeah, so, okay. because there was a lot of information out there about 10, 15 years ago that sourdough um, broke down the gluten. That mm-hmm. that's not possible. I mean, if it did, the bread wouldn't rise. So yeah. that's that's not that's not correct information. Okay. Yes, it may produce enzymes and and give put things in there that make it more easily to digest. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I'm I'm not going to argue with anyone that says they find it to be more digestible. Right. Because okay. perhaps their their system works better with it and the same with einkorn and spelt and kamut we have people that tell us they can they can eat spelt better than the modern wheat but there's nothing wrong with the modern wheat that just might be you know what your system does kind of you know i liken it to fruits and vegetables there's some that that bother you and there's some that don't you know um so it it could be a number of things in that grain that could be doing that now, if I say I do have genetic celiac, how likely is my children to have genetic celiac? Or um, uh, all three of them have had a hard time tolerating gluten, but this was before I knew anything about health. They have also yeah. been gluten-free. Um, my middle daughter had extreme eczema, and that's when I dove into health and what's in our foods and ingredients. And I pulled her back gluten-free because she didn't get it until she was, till she had gluten, which I assumed was just part of celiac. I knew I was told that my children have a 50% chance of having celiac because I have it. Mm-hmm. My oldest daughter yeah. had every um, gluten intolerance or celiac symptom with the rash and the headache and the stomach ache and the diarrhea and all of that. And my youngest yeah. daughter had the same thing. So um, she actually was constipated and had a lot of um, just emotional things. So they have all been gluten yeah. well. I am not, I've done no testing on them. I'm not convinced that they have celiac. I have 
I just know that what I was serving them before I knew anything about health was not right. They didn't like it. Right. It wasn't going good for their body, yeah. which makes sense of everything we're learning today. Sure. Yeah. Um, so when I do this, I want to introduce this to all of us. But how yeah. likely, if I have genetic celiac, how likely is it for them to? Is it same the 50% chance they could or could not? I have no idea there. Okay. You know, because genetics is a is a more complicated than just big A, little A, big B, little yes. B, yes. which I studied in college, but I'm I'm not a medical doctor and I'm right. not a, a genetics uh, professor or right. expert by any means. Um it does tend to run in families, but I don't know what the, what the, Why? um, yeah. the yeah. percentage, I don't know. And, and I don't think anyone knows the origin other than it's, I think I just read it. It's on the 33 mirror chromosome. I just read that, but yeah. what, you know, what causes yeah. that? And also just because you have the gene doesn't mean that it would present itself. So that's something to look at as well, Okay, you know? My husband has brown eyes. I have brown eyes. Um, I have a blue-eyed child or green eyes. How is that possible? Well, because I have the gene for that. Right. Because my mother was blue-eyed and his mother was blue-eyed. So we had to have, do you understand? Yes. But it's more complicated than, like I said, big A, little A, big B, little right. A. But that's something that we have to, on a simplistic term, think about. Right. Um, so... And, and there could be, I mean, I think a lot of things are blamed on genetics. Oh, you, you know, it's genetic. You're, you know, your father had heart disease, you know, your grandfather, blah, blah, blah. So you're going to have it. That is true to an extent. I think that's our predisposition Mm -hmm. that that's a weakness in my family, but I think nutrition can circumvent that a lot i 100 percent agree with you know what i'm saying um so that would that would be my encouragement to you and like i said honestly the 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 bread that's out there it's no wonder that we don't all have have (laughs) severe issues with it and the eczema i mean was your child ever on antibiotics young at a young age um I have a daughter that got whooping cough because I didn't immunize and um, she was on antibiotics at a young age. That was one of our doctor visits and she got eczema and we fought it for years with her, you know, but it, that was what caused it was the mm. destruction of those good organisms in the mm. gut. So that's, that's the thing. Wheat has just become the scapegoat for yeah. everything yeah. Uh, because the stuff that's in the store, it's pretty much causing a lot of All issues. All of it, yeah. But, it, but, but there are other things too. Like mm-hmm. I said, like I just read, the heavy use of antibiotics, the heavy use of Advil, the fact that we consistently eat low fiber, high sugar foods. Mm-hmm. We don't eat a lot of fresh fruits and vegetables. You know, when I go to someplace like Haiti, you know, they're living, yes, they're very poor, but they're eating bananas off the tree, mangoes off the tree, tomatoes out of the garden, rice and beans. You know, this is the mainstay of their diet. They have perfect teeth. A lot of that's genetics, but also a lot of it is the way they, they don't live on candy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, 
sodas and you know they're eating those those foods that nourish them and um so anyway those those are just things that you can look for yeah and and like i said i am not a doctor i don't want to profess to be i don't want to diagnose don't want to recommend i just i want to encourage people because one of the one of the things that the doctor that has promoted this whole anti-grain, anti-gluten and made it just become forefront on the map here, I heard him with my own ears say that um, wheat is the most toxic poison that we're eating today and eliminating it is the easiest thing we can do to improve our health. I, I, I don't know what planet he lives on, but eliminating wheat has he been to the grocery store? Because when you leave the perimeter of the grocery store and you pass the canned fruit and vegetable aisle, after that, every other aisle is a wheat product aisle, flour, cake mixes, brownie mixes, cereal aisle, the bread aisle, the cracker and chips and snack aisle. Yeah. So, I mean, like, what are you thinking? And so that is my heart is to go, you might not need to be because this is freeing to be able to just not have to be this limiting in, in the food that we eat. So, um, yeah. And, you know, and if you are celiac, the best thing you can do for your family is grind gluten-free you know non-gluten protein grains and I do um, have a bread a bread recipe out on my blog of a whole grain gluten-free bread and it's my family oh, wow. yeah I, I took me lots of years to to nail that down and um, but that is something with brown rice and sorghum grain and I mill them yes. and do that um and they love it and and I know that there's added benefits there but my husband is not gluten-free. Yeah. And so how nice would it be to just make one loaf <laughs> for the whole family? Yep, that would be, eat, yeah. You know? yeah, that would be wonderful. Very freeing, wouldn't mm -hmm. it be? And, mm -hmm. and like I said before, typically very healing yeah. because those issues that are there, um, that is a sign of inflammation. And, um, you know, wheat is, it just, it, it saddens me that it's become such a uh, an evil word synonymous mm -hmm. with evil detrimental terrible um it's not and don't get me started on dairy i mean that's a whole nother <laughs> thing that is we a could whole go to <laughs> it, drinking raw milk and fermented dairy i mean for you know we've lived on it it was a land flowing with milk and honey, and honey and, yeah. um cheeses and bread you know that's been the mainstay of the world grains and beans and cheese and and bread so i will say this that um despite what is being said about whole foods and whole grains and stuff like that there is a huge awakening doesn't matter what yes, any, any medical doctor says i promise you like there are thousands and thousands of people that are waking up to realizing no, it's actually, it's the whole foods we need. It's the, it's the whole grains we need. And yes. they are finding what you have found with the hundreds of testimonies that you've come across. So that is really encouraging to me. And I think it's people like you that are speaking out on stuff like this, mm -hmm. just giving people another's perspective is so valuable. And I mean, that's how we found you. And that's how we started using whole grains and the various forms. Yeah. Of 
So yes. Yes. I do have one more question regarding gluten-free. If it's somebody that has been gluten-free for a long period of time, like myself for 30 years, and I'm getting ready to introduce it or try a whole grain, um, yeah. how is, will there be any kind of reaction that I should be looking for? So say I do get maybe a mild stomach ache. Could I re resort that to being, I haven't had gluten in 30 years <laughs> or is that, okay, that's a reaction. Would there be a reaction at all if you've been gluten-free for a long period of time? Um, I, I think that's going to depend on the reaction that your body used to have. Like I okay. said, I'm, I'm not a medical doctor, yes. so I don't know. And I think that's going to differ. The responses that I've had from people, the testimonies I've heard, They've not really yeah. now someone that has something like um someone that has something like irritable bowel syndrome mm -hmm. spastic colon mm -hmm. they may notice some cramping mm -hmm. or if they've had chronic uh constipation mm -hmm. they may notice some cramping because they've all of a sudden introduced a lot of fiber yes. you know and so now <laughs> their bowels are like okay we're cleaning <laughs> out and so they're going to notice this yeah. discomfort um, and I've, I've had people say that they just persevered, you know, through okay. that. And in two weeks, boom, everything was, was great. Okay. So it would just depend if, if your family doesn't struggle with constipation and those types of things, I don't know that you would have a notice that significant, um, cramping and stuff like that. Um, one lady did tell me that she had, and I can't remember I think her name is Marin Latham on her testimony. She actually, the reason I did an interview with her is she emailed me asking me if I thought the bread was detoxifying, that she has done detoxification cleanses and that she just started milling and she was getting headaches and mild like um, fatigue and just feeling achy, just like when she does a cleanse. And she said, do you think that it could be the grain and I was like you know I've I've never had that question before I don't know mm -hmm. well then by the I said please let me know and so sure enough week or 10 days later she said I persevered and then I don't remember how long now I I don't want to give it a number and yeah. misquote it but it was it was within two weeks she said it, it all lifted and she said I've never felt better in my life you know so I and we tried, do know that I tried it this one time and I ate the smallest sliver of it. And those were my exact symptoms. I had this fatigue. Yeah. I had a mild headache. And I immediately thought, this is a celiac reaction because I just had a small amount. I'm not going to do it. And I stopped. But those were my exact. And I told Andrea that. I said, those were my exact. But it wasn't yeah. like a celiac. It, but it was those exact. It was a mild fatigue and a mild headache. Yeah. Hmm. Well, um, I don't remember her, the, the episode, but it's Marin Latham, I think was her name. And um, she, she attributed it to detoxification symptoms mm -hmm. and she it said it's like all that. lifted and she's never felt better mm -hmm. afterwards. I would think the celiac reaction would be the cramping, the diarrhea. Right. And I, I didn't mean, have that. That is pretty Yes. Right. That's pretty significant. So I would think that would be more a true celiac reaction mm -hmm. would be that. But like I said, I'm not a doctor and I yeah. don't mean to, I don't want anyone I'll to hope. take this as a diagnosis <laughs> or a medical. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and that's the thing too. I, I've 
you know, I don't want to give people false hope, but yet I want to give them real hope in that this, this might not be your issue. And if it's not, this is the most exciting news that you Mm -hmm. could hear that you might could not Mm -hmm. only tolerate this, but find improved health. And I just, I've just heard it so many times. And, and um, like you were saying, less than 1% of the American population is true genetic celiac. That's, that's a very small percentage of people. And, um, and, you know, some, you know, and studies will say, oh, it's doubled in the last so many years. Well, I don't know that it's doubled or if we're now testing for it, because we know about it. You know, when I was Mm -hmm. growing up, that was a long time ago. I never heard of it. You, there just might be a sickly child, you know, Um, but yeah. So, and when it says it's doubled, I think it went from 0.04% to 0.08. Now that's still less than 1% of the population. And is that because there's testing now? Um, there's more awareness, you know, so those are things to look for. But I will tell you this, um, the study that I read about non-genetic celiac disease, one of the most critical um, aspects this study focused on was probiotics, getting the gut organisms reestablished, um, that there had been some destruction of those um, good gut organisms, some upset. And like the quote that I read, the heavy use of antibiotics, Mm -hmm. I don't think people realize how much that affects your digestion. Mm -hmm. Um, I worked with a couple of customers um, some years ago and both of them came to me for help and said, I have severe allergies. All my life, I've never been allergic to anything, but I had one was a bladder infection or urinary tract infection, and it took four rounds of antibiotics to get rid of it. Now I'm allergic to everything. That pricked my interest of the heavy use of antibiotics disrupts that microbiome, totally upsets that. And I've listened to professionals talk about how it um, can affect behavior disorders in children, learning disorders in children, sleeplessness, um, you know, anger issues in children. I'm like, wow, we just don't know how fearfully and wonderfully we've made and what God has created in our bodies. And they break those good gut organisms. They break down what's not what hasn't been digested further up the line and break it down into, you know, they produce B vitamins, they produce vitamin K, they produce fatty acids that protect our gut lining. So they do a a lot of work in our body. And it's real important that we keep that establishment, you know, that uh, balance established. Mm -hmm. And um, so this, this particular research article that I first saw the term non-genetic celiac disease, it, the focus of the study was probiotics, supplementing with a good probiotic and getting, or eating fermented foods. Mm -hmm. Because what, what's also sad is that people self-diagnosing to go gluten-free and I get it, but then they, not like you, they go to the gluten-free stuff in the store. (laughs) 
Mm -hmm. It's terribly unhealthy. Oh, it's awful. Loaded with starches and sugar, mm -hmm. no fiber. And studies that I've read show that it really upsets the microflora in your gut. It tends to diminish our good organisms. So I found that fascinating as well. Oh, so you're complicating, complicating the issue. Um, and yeah, so it's just something that I think if it's not necessary, let's come back around and get yeah. this fixed. And I think you'll be a lot happier, healthier, and freer in the long run. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that leads to the last question. Um, so yeah. I hope, I really hope that those who are naturally gluten-free are willing to try, because I know that it's expensive. Like I know people that have to use gluten-free stuff and it, yeah, I could tell it, it far outweighs them price-wise for just making whole grains. Um, but for someone who is gluten-free and has to be gluten-free is there more health benefits to grinding their own whole grains that are gluten-free than just buying the stuff from the store is mm -hmm. like like we talked about the difference between the store-bought processed yeah. wheat is there a difference for the store-bought processed gluten-free flour absolutely the same because the gluten-free products in the store are using white rice mm -hmm. um as as the main which is devoid of fiber, devoid of nutrients, it's protein and starch. They're adding all these starches because you have to, to mimic the stretching power of gluten. So potato starch, tapioca starch, all of these are very, very, very low in fiber. So, um, and pretty much nutritionally deficient. Mm -hmm. um, just because something says it's gluten-free does not mean healthy. Yes. Um, so that is something that they need to look for. Absolutely. Whether you're gluten-free or don't have to be, grinding your grains, eating them boiled and whole and intact is the best thing you can do for your health, your family's health. And you know what? It's also the best thing you can do to be prepared. You know, the... Mm -hmm. the we live in, I don't want to get weird and crazy here, but we live in very questionable times where food chain and supplies, I mean, look, look what, you know, we've experienced over the last couple of years. Grains are storable, left whole and intact, and they're just as nutritious today as they will be 10 years, 20 years, 30 years from now. Yeah. So that is another reason to not um, despise grains whether it's wheat or corn or millet or buckwheat or, or rice and beans and um, eat them, <laughs> the more, the better. Yeah. Other countries pretty much live off of grains and beans, mm -hmm. you know? So, and I think what a lot of people don't realize is wheat and grains are not just carbohydrates. They're one of the best plant-based protein sources that we have 20% of the protein of the world is supplied by wheat. So um, this is, this is something I think we need to remember. Yeah. Nutrients are there. Grains and beans are the most nutrient dense food God has given us. Eat them whole and intact or milled fresh at home. You can't lose. Yeah. yeah. Well, this has been like super good, yes. super informative. So many questions that I know that I've had. I know she's had. I've had for a long time. <laughs> yeah. As representatives of both yeah. communities. But well, we... I want to hear from you. If you try it, I want to, I want to see an email from you going, I'm going in, I'm trying I will. it. And then let I, me know. My mind is and going then, right now. We'll I'm like, 
okay, my Azure <laughs> order closes tonight at 6 p.m. I'm going to put in some grains. <laughs> yes, there you go. And, you know, and if you would feel more comfortable starting with spelt or yeah, kombucha or einkorn, I mean, those are expensive grains. And, but, you know, that might be where you want to start. And yeah. then with a simple recipe or even just boil them and eat them yeah. and see how you react. And that way, you know, it's not the dairy, it's not the honey, it's not anything else in there. Yeah. Um, but the wheat, um, we've forgotten that we can boil those things. Okay. So we're going to go ahead and wrap it up with Sue Becker. And I think this is actually going to be a two-part episode, which I was kind of hoping for because we had a lot of questions yeah. that we got answered here. Um, and we will put everything that... Um, Sue Becker has links for in the show notes. You will be able to contact her. She's on social media. She has a website. Um, and of course I brought my book. She has at least one yes. book. Do you have any more books out yet? Um, no, that's the only published book I have. Of course we have one at Bread Becker's um, that we um, just uh, print up in-house. And it was kind of a collection of my favorite recipes when I first got started and then people would share with me so it's been around for a long long time but um that the essential home ground flower book um was published in 2016 I was actually contacted by the publisher um to write a book on flour milling so um that's great and we actually have co-ops and uh, a physical store and a web store and a YouTube channel. So nice. they can get a lot of information. Yes. And then of course I podcast Sue's healthy minutes. So yes. I'll send you all of that information. That would be great. And thank you for taking the time to answer our questions. Like desperately wanted these questions yes. answered. Yes. Thank you so much, Sue. Yes. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. You've been listening to the whole topic podcast. To hear more, to see behind the scenes, or to get a hold of us directly, visit our socials, Facebook, and Instagram, The Whole Topic Podcast. If you'd like to hear more from Andrea, visit her blog at dearmark23.com, where she talks about whole foods, whole grains, and whole living. If you'd like to hear more from Stephanie, visit theranchershomestead.com, where she talks about simple living, gluten-free recipes, and farm life. If you'd like to see more from me, visit wildandforestcare.com where I talk about simple living, wild recipes, and natural remedies. Thank you for listening and God bless.